Hey, y'all. Hey. You look like a mystic from Dune that's going to give us some important information about the Fremen. Spice. I'm the Fremen. <laughs> Your eyes are blue, dude. <laughs> You've been hitting the I've spice. Come bringing hard, spice. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you've what it felt like is you were folding space to enter the room. Like you didn't just walk down those stairs. Like a big chamber came. In. I mean, Seth Parker doesn't just walk downstairs. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'm here. I'm fine. How are you? How are y'all doing? I'm well. Um, you look Eric good. was just telling me about swimming in a saltwater pool. Oh, it's great. Is like in this like old like it's in this rec center. Uh, outside of denver and uh-huh. it's it's like an old um airport hangar with wooden ceilings that like was converted mm. and it's like mm. nobody's there but it's not like nobody's there so it's like scooby-doo it's like yeah. you know like there's enough people there it's like an exact perfect amount of people there. does, uh, so, does like james spader comes up from behind you like i've like you mean coming from a knee yeah, coming from a crash, crashes crash into you. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. Whenever you think of an airport hangar, yeah, like I think of I think of heat, but yeah. like I also think of heat as a place where your leg could get fucked. Mm-hmm. You do likewise. Yeah, that's that's a crash thing, right? Like yeah, but okay, so but in heat though. Well, at the end of heat, there he's running where he gets shot but i also sort of mm-hmm. conflated i conflate dungeons a outside lot. of the hangar yeah no i was just wondering where the leg fucking comes in oh i was just thinking of like the leg fucking and crash you know right like, no, so- I, I, okay i understand mm-hmm. You're, i understand the conflating that's going on I'm, I'm, it, it took me a minute <laughs> this is this is my this is my class you're like spanning a wide gulf so to I, speak it's that is always true. Yeah, a, a no man's I can, land. I cannot be accused of spanning a narrow gulf. <laughs> no one would dream of accusing you of not spanning a wide enough gulf. I'm safe gulf. from that. I'm safe from that. No matter what, the gulf could of... have been wider. No. <laughs> not with this guy. Couldn't have been. That's making me think about that poem, Pouring Gulf. Oh, yeah, that John Godfrey. Whenever I hear the word gulf, hmm. I think about that poem, too. Great poem. Yeah. And I feel like one time you were like, you said to me something like, something like your gulf is pouring, dude. <laughs> it's so great to have like, like John Godfrey gulf is level pouring. deep cut jokes with somebody yeah. because the thing about them, they're actually funny. Like yeah. they're, they're really like your gulf is pouring like cause, and he's like in on the jokes especially in that mm-hmm. book push the mule like there's so mm-hmm. much Ooh. like he's so like uh film noir but like you know he, he's fred mcmurtry or whatever that guy's fred name McMurray. i was just <laughs> i was just gonna say he's like making honey of an anklet references <laughs> he's it's horny in the same way. Like, it's respectably horny in a honey of an anklet kind of literary way. I don't know if the horniness in, um, oh what's that God. movie called? Double, Double Indemnity. Indemnity is respectable. Like, <laughs> it's pretty lewd. Yeah, yeah. Honey of an anklet. I want to see Boomer bust in like the Kool-Aid man and say something worse. Yeah.
Um, today we're talking about Stanley Kubrick's 1957 anti-war film, Paths of Glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, bang, bang, and that's it. Bang, bang, we're doing our, bang. like, just talking about one movie experiment. Bang, 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 <laughs> bang. bang. <laughs> Did you think, can I, can I ask Seth Parker, do you think that this film had a good location and good exits? <laughs> <laughs> I love like, uh, I, like. Can you answer that question? Applying that. What's logic his name? To this? Uh, uh, Carey. Uh, uh, what's I can't remember. Tom Carey. Tom. The guy Carey? who plays the social undesirable guy. The oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. That yeah. guy's incredible accent. What a performance! Or, yeah. 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 That guy's. Would you an call all-timer. that a good accent? Yes, I love it. I like the. It's. I mean. No, I liked all the different. You wanted them sounds. to be speaking French. No, I think that this was actually, I like the blending. I like the blending that Kubrick's doing yeah. and that he allows the atmospheres to kind of mm-hmm. mix together a little bit and that they're all the same anyway. Um, yeah. I, so, go ahead, Eric. That's something that, I, so I um, listened to this once when I, mm. I, I put it on headphones and mm-hmm. then I walked to Safeway and like I picked up a prescription and got some cookies and got some other things. So I like listened to like, just like let it play, like, oh, like just people talking, you know, how did you do that? Um, I just put it on like Amazon prime on my phone and uh-huh. played it and then just put it in my pocket and then wow. hit it. And so I had like earbuds in. So I just like went for <clears> a walk <throat> today and like, it was interesting because like some of it, like the voices blend and like, I'm, I'm like most of the time I'm just like trying to like put it together, but I'm mm-hmm. like really paying attention to it in a different way. And then anyway, the reason I was saying this is because I like some of this is because I, I, did something stupid but the other part of it is that it, that it like it unearths something real in the movie which mm-hmm. is the voice of the movie is sort of one voice in a lot of ways mm. you know it's a lot of like different facets of the same voice or it's like you know it's like you're moving through these like systems and these like logics and you know it's like it's so mm. one churn one uh one motion yeah it's yeah. like one scythe scythe mm. cut through the it's it's definitely like uh like you can reverse engineer like uh like maybe it's that it seems written you know and mm-hmm. not in a bad way but just in the way that like you know a sort of like drama with impassioned speeches Whoa. and like mostly that kind of stuff. Is this that sound of the Arecibo? Are we getting this Ooh. is the the one sound the one voice of the Arecibo? I think it's I think it's Alex the parrot. Hmm. Yeah. Is that the end of the episode? We got to the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, t- I, t- I like. I feel like I got. It's. It makes sense that you took it to the Arecibo because I, I was feeling kind of cosmic there a little bit. Hmm. But listening to it was fucking weird. I um, bet. I mean, like, first of all, there's a lot of just really good voices going on in this movie. Like, mm-hmm, so it must mm-hmm. be. It must be like. Kind of wonderful to listen to in that well, way. You could listen to how the voices marked integrity or cravenness mm-hmm. in a yeah. in a real in a in a different way. Oh. And then I watched mm. it too, and it was like, you know, it was really interesting to have like echoes of it and from like being like, oh, that's who that guy is, <laughs> you know, yeah, kind of yeah, level yeah. shit to like, oh wow, okay, like there's like, 
you really get the sense of how like uh, like the visual is like super important obviously and yeah like you know mm. not in the back but like really like the sort of there's so many um there's so much just like men's faces being like sort of stoic yeah with like subtle gradations and so that was interesting mm. um, like think yeah like joan of arc kind of a thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is this it, so, oh go sorry ahead. no you go ahead is this something that you've seen a bunch i've seen it a bunch of times um i guess like and my relationship with it has changed quite a bit over the years i think I think when I saw it when I was younger, it felt actually more complicated uh-huh. that um, mm-hmm. I could almost, a younger version of me could almost see some wisdom in the like the management of the war uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. And yeah. the older version of me just finds like e- everyone in this movie is in a completely absurd situation, basically. Yeah. Um, and I like, I, yeah, I don't know. the The movie makes me think about guilt a lot. I guess now, it, yeah. like um, responses to guilt and the way. I guess I always wonder. Maybe and this is like a, a pretty dungeon thing to think about, but it, if a if a if a moral question comes before me, that's as big as the moral questions these people are dealing with, like life and death kind of shit would I have the integrity to do something I was afraid to do? Mm-hmm. And if not, would I like, is it integrity or is it like a fear of living the rest of your life with the knowledge that you didn't have integrity? Mm-hmm. Like what, what makes you do the right thing? Kind of. Mm-hmm. There's and that the, one. Yeah. When he's, he's sentenced to death and the guy, the one guy said, he says, you can, this is your last choice. You can choose to yep. do this. Like, in this behave in this way or mm-hmm. you can you know just crawl out like a whatever yeah and he decides to kind of stand up wipe, wipe himself off and kind of stand up and take this thing in this different manner yeah and then the cowardice of the guy who says sorry to him like mm-hmm. um that that fucking yeah. guy who that, one of the the scene that hit me the hardest on this rewatch was that guy running away from the Lejeune, patrol, the Lejeune, oh man, like, like throwing, throwing, throwing that grenade, grenade and yeah. then just running away, and the and, and the like, other uh, guy has to go follow. Yeah, up. well, he that's the guy whose decision intrigues me the most is the guy who's left behind, who's just sitting there thinking like, okay, my friend is probably dead now. Because that dude just killed him with a grenade. Did, did he know that it, that that dude probably died from the grenade, or was it? Because it well, seemed like a I surprise. think he went to he went to confirm that in a certain he went oh, to okay. confirm it. Okay. But I think he thought there was a chance he might still be alive. Like yeah, he, he needed more both. time in both in both situations. He wanted to go forward, right? It's just so yeah. That's is amazing. Well, scene. the thing is, no one wants to go forward there, right? But th- that's like the thing I find myself wondering about is what makes you go forward versus run away? Is it is it moral integrity or is it like this fear of living with not having had mm-hmm. moral integrity in that moment? There's always son- something pushing you to do this thing. Yeah. I think for me, it really like most of so much of what I do comes down to like what am I going to not regret later? Mm-hmm. What will you regret the least? Yeah. What will I regret the least? What's going <laughs> to cause me the least pain down the road? Mm-hmm. 
and and I end up doing the lesser I think doing of the, the right thing the lesser, a lot. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. But that's sort of what's motivating it. It's like, ugh, I don't feel like doing this thing that's the right thing to do. And I'm gonna do it because I can't live with myself if I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's just and it's it's amazing how it's like poisoned all of them. Mm-hmm. In such a way, I mean, they're almost like yeah, they're narcotized by this thing, or yeah, necrotized or something. I mean, it's um, what it does to them, and and Kubrick, uh, like the, the scenes are just the scale of it is so immense and beautiful. Yeah. I can't believe that he did some of these things. I had never seen, I've never seen it before. Huh. Yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, it's so early in his career, and he's. He's wielding all the like. And I don't know, there's Kirk, just so and many Kirk, weird. Kirk is throwing, good little, yeah, just throwing yeah. absolute Wohler's level steam. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wohler's. I mean, just having letting it rip. Yeah, letting it, letting it is in the counselor level punches getting thrown. Yes. Down. Oh, whoa! Yeah, redo. Yeah, and a nice redo with a Cameron Cheetah. Cameron Cheetah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean the scale—the scale of it is insane, and it just feels like this start. It, but it also feels like this Shakespearean thing, or this like <laughs> Kurosawa thing. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what years, like what was uh, Kurosawa doing around the same time as this movie, because it feels like. Oh, did a, you look it up? Is no, it like I, Throne I totally of Blood or something is around there? Or? I think so. Let me—that's a good just question. Like, the it feels like oh, I never thought about it. that, but it's really true. It is super Kurosawa. Fifty-seven, he did Throne of Blood. So yeah, fifty-seven, he did Throne of Blood. The in the lower depths, they, and then like that kind of atmosphere yeah. and when is this framing? It, this is fifty-seven. Oh wow! Okay. Whoa. Yeah, it's good. I mean, they like. I I just I can't believe I've never seen it. Just kicks ass. Yeah, absolutely kicks ass. And it's like this Joan of Arc thing, like with the court martial thing, like this procedural thing of the wiggling, wriggling. It's a weirdly fun movie to watch. Like this is kind of a bizarre thing to say, but it's like because a third of it is a. It's like a third of it is a war movie. A third of it is a courtroom drama. And a third of it is this like execution, just like, like execu- existential, yeah, execution drama. Like it's very, or like I guess people talking in rooms is is the other. And then piece a, yeah, the and movie, then the song. But... Oh, yeah. This... Oh man, yeah. And it's all in ninety minutes, right? I mean, it's like and it's one of, yeah, it's like short, short as hell. I didn't mind the room talking, and I, I usually am not a big fan of room talking. Yeah, there's some good stuff. I mean, like. Uh, I rewatched this like a couple months ago, which is why it was on my radar to suggest for us. And um, the first scene where George McCready and Adolf Menchu are talking, like um, that scene, it's almost like you think, what is uh, what is George McCready's character? Moreau. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Moreau, you think. For a second, you think he's like legit almost. If you forget mm-hmm. where the movie goes, it's like he's like, I love my men, and this attack is insane. 
But then as soon as they wave that promotion in front of him, he's like, oh, but I'll do it. Like, it's we'll like, do it. It could happen. Like, that's going to yeah. happen. This is really L.A. take. Not L.A. takedown. What's that? To live and die in L.A. too. <laughs> like, th- there's a lot of William Petersons and a lot of Vukovic. Oh, wait. The- a it's a little Petersons. bit L.A. takedown, too, because, like, Moreau is basically, like, it's worth the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, for the like for that. the reward being offered to me, it's worth the stretch. I am uh, in. And he goes down. I mean, yeah. you know, he can't. He can't cut the mustard when the pressure is too high. He cracks like yeah. slobbers um, all over himself. Slob, slobs on his own. Oh. I guess that's another interesting piece of the texture of this. It's like uh, the plot of the movie is about like who has been a coward and who has cracked under pressure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the the people who have cracked are the people who are in the position of like saying that other people have cracked. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the generals and the high command and stuff that are fucking up the management of the war. And, and that's what I forget what the main general's name is, but like, that's what that guy, that guy gives that speech about like, well, why should we have to take the (laughs) abuse in the press or whatever for like, for the way we're managing the war. And it's like, that's the whole job of, you know, like, um, it's just this, what this perception, the the way that, well, it's called like we call po- like po- politics fog, or whatever is of... called like public service, but none of these people oh, have well, ever sure. acted like it's that. You know, it's like yeah, um, craven, yeah, completely craven. Very strange love too. I didn't. I mean, it's like there's yeah. c- comedy in it. It's so they're so craven. You know, they salivating in these ways like that. It is cartoonish. Yeah, but true. It's like a world of galoops, too. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. Because, gu- yeah, it's like, wh- what is the thing about galoop? It's that when he's faced with some, with like shame, mm. he reacts in this horrible way. Mm-hmm. He displaces it. And then he has to live by reacting that way, he lives with it forever, basically. Yeah. What are we supposed to do with shame? I don't know. There's a whole lot of like training day in this too. Like, <laughs> cause I was thinking of like, we, we have, I saw training day the whole way through for the first time a little while ago. Yeah. And I've been, and it, and it came up to me just to like, do you want to go to jail or do you want to go home? Do you want to go to jail or do you want to go home? You know, like yeah. the thing that he does where it's like, he just like, well, where you almost you don't is, have a choice to go. I mean, it's like you're yeah, just, it's, you're. It's like let's clean this up in this way. Like you don't have any choice. Let me like cut to the quick here. You know, it's like yep. such a, um, it's such a violent kind of um, unthinking logic, and you can see that it's sort of the logic of the state too. Like the sort mm-hmm. of coercive logic of mm-hmm. a lot of things are are like, you know, talked about in terms of like. like some sort of cause and effect that will have like a moral or ethical sort of impact or whatever. But so much of it's just like the expediency, the expediency of like cleaning up a mess. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. affect you. Like, yeah. And, um, I Mm. think that, yeah. How do I save like a fail? Well, and fail. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess totally different than fail save. But yeah, it's no, it's how do I wipe this shit off me and make sure it doesn't like, 
yeah stick to me yeah and mm. that's the logic of a lot of a lot of it's just institutions you know but mm-hmm. it's like i don't know like that's what it made me think about when i i sort of looked up some stuff afterwards and it, it was like this is an ed- epic of mid-level management you know yeah. <laughs> it really is like that dungeon where it's like I'm only now like in in the middle of my life peering into the window of middle management sort of dungeons yeah. and I see it's bleak. It's oh, it is tough stuff. Yeah. That's so funny. You know, it is like that. It is a middle You just made me realize this funny another strange thing about this movie is that the movie sort of goes to some pretty great pains to let us know that Kirk Douglas's the Dax was like an like an incredible lawyer before the war, mm-hmm. and then I don't, like there's a way of watching this movie where you could think, okay, that's the kind of movie we're getting. He it's going to be a courtroom drama, and he's going to like do the courtroom razzle dazzle, and justice is going to be served. Um, and instead, what it is is like is this great lawyer is put in this pos- impossible position where no one will listen to anything he has to say. He's not even allowed to present an argument. It's all like it's all just like swept away, mm-hmm. and he's left to just try to like shame everyone into doing the right thing, and then that doesn't work yeah, either. Plead for compassion in a way, and- yeah. And he try he begs. He literally says, "I'm begging." Um, it's just so interesting. That's like. Because I was sort of, there was a part of me that wanted to like criticize. It's like, of course, Kirk Douglas plays the role, like the, like, did he ever not play them? I there are movies where he doesn't, like Out of the Past and stuff, where he plays a, like a gangster or something. But mm-hmm. you know, of course, he's playing the the morally upright person in in the sea of people who aren't like the emotional martyr who's a hottie but it made, but, me, it made me think of ace in the hole too that like he could, mm-hmm. you know that like he he's yeah. capable of that yeah spectrum of no you're right you know, compassion to cruelty yeah and the choices that this character makes versus huh. that character yeah or that he plays it you know in such an kind of different way yeah, in this movie, he doesn't really have to change. It's just he has to deal with circumstances. Mm-hmm. In Ace of the Hole, he actually lives out the sort of regret problem I was talking about mm-hmm. of realizing yeah. you've done the wrong thing and that you can't live mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty force majeure, too. Yeah. He's so good in this. I, I made me want He's a good actor. God, I made me want to like kind of follow along with him a little bit. And I just... Good old Isur Danilovich, or whatever his name was. <laughs> we should, we should watch um, some movies by him, and then the game with Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> What's his last? Was Kirk Douglas's last movie that movie Greedy? I don't know what that is. Mm. What was his last movie? Hold on, I want to find out. His last movie was. Oh wow. No, he was in a lot of movies after that. Hmm. He's in something in 2008 called The Empire State Building Murders. <laughs> Incredible. A TV movie. Oh. With Wow, look at this cast. Oh, my God. Should we- ben Gazzara, Mickey Rooney, Sid Charisse, Kirk Douglas. Weird. 
What a man. What a man. I bet he took his shirt off in that what movie, What a mighty good man. Yeah, he probably did take his shirt off. Incredible body. I was trying to contemplate his body a little bit. Wait, do we see, we do see his body in well, this? Well, yeah, you see his shirt. He's shirtless, but then he's putting on the jacket. Oh, you don't see his like junk or anything? Miro. <laughs> you don't see his junk in this one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Beautiful body. Do you see? I know I go to this, but I, this is sincere. Do you see haunches? I can't remember. You don't. I mean, is, when he's whistling, when he's got, when he's blowing that whistle, are there any haunches? Mm-hmm. I feel like haunches. He blows the shit like, out of that, that whistle. Thing, that scene actually, there's just haunches are just haunches it's like, fall down it's like on you. S- snowflakes can falling like haunches. snowflakes. <laughs> oh man, they're like that, tessellations of haunches. Mm, a tesseract. He's a. He makes it. He's he's going into the tesseract of haunches. <laughs> These. Those are the large playing arms, the, am I right? Playing the bookshelf of haunch. <laughs> I like this free jazz. <laughs> it's interesting how different wars have different like visual. I don't know why haunches is making me think of this. I think I'm thinking about bodies falling into the trenches, mm. but like. You know, like World War One movies, it's like you see a trench and you know you're in a World War One movie, or like you see, yeah, that trench c- level. Certain kinds of like blown up buildings, and you know you're in a World War Two movie, or like, and like certain, like you see a helicopter in some mountains, and you know you're in a Vietnam movie. Like yeah, the movies have like visual, yeah, that's different space. Like this, yeah. this no man's land is fucking fascinating to me in the way mm-hmm. that it's shot the way that that land is shot that dead yeah black mud land and it's like um, that in like every world war one movie mm-hmm. they do it the same way it's just like sticks with like there's five or six scenes like i i couldn't i can't stop thinking about these scenes and douglas's haunches <laughs> There's another pretty dunge thing that happens in that scene where they go on patrol in the um in no man's the land. Flares. Well, I was thinking about like before it starts, how how the guy like the guy in command is like away from the other two guys for a minute and they're talking about him. Oh. And, and he's like, Oh yeah, I knew him in school. I wouldn't say I respected him or like whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I was bird. thinking about like what would the like you know, we all went to school together, right? You know, like what would can't like, say I'd, what, oh yeah, can't say I'd respect him. What would people be saying about us, like if we were in charge of them? And someone, like you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in uh, school with that guy. It's Dunge. He was he was a dweeb. We did MFA. Yeah, we did MFA. Now we're <laughs> shooting. His poems sucked. My, my memory of that time is that I was like barely verbal or capable of doing, saying, or thinking anything. It was just like. <laughs> Like <laughs> that's not my memory of you. Well, I guess that's. I good. would say I respected well, you. These are profound. <laughs> I respected. <laughs> I respected are, both of you too. These are profound levels of compassion and sensitivity and yeah. care for okay. another. I think right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I like, like there's. That. I was thinking about how a lot of the dungeon movies are like about different systems for how we agonize 
mm-hmm. through things, you know, and it's mm. like, it is like some sort of like, you know, ag- agony pachinko or something where you're just sort of like watching it like Ooh. bounce off and you, Jesus. You, you don't have like a lot of agency but there's something sort of addictive about like i don't know maybe I agony pachinko. no agony pachinko is pretty good dude <laughs> like talking about anxiety um like, where's where like, it gonna land where is it gonna oh yeah yeah it's good. like you can just watch where it hits and like i guess that's the thing to do but it's like in terms of a lot of agency there's like there are choices to be made but it's in within a larger sort of dungeon uh, I, I guess that's just what this movie is like the logic of it are, are like is are there other kubrick movies that are like like is this a thing with him like that you're not mm. getting out of the dungeon oh for sure so. yeah yeah uh, like, how I, would you I say we don't get out too. Oh, the killing was so good too. I mean, or just like that. This yeah, the this, killing is the Sterling Hayden one. Yeah, uh, Sterling, like the yeah, yes, the, the yes, heist, yes, yeah, the yeah, heist. yeah. An That's incredible, like these wheels are turning and seeing the way that people are getting pulled into this thing and can't get out of this thing that they've started. And yeah. Yeah, I think it I is. I guess all thing. his movies are kind of, I mean, The Shining is definitely like that, right? Yeah. Although they get it's, a they, I mean, they Strange Love, Jesus. Yeah, yeah they they do get away in The Shining. Strange Love though. Mm, yeah. I mean, the whole world. <laughs> yeah. Up. Yeah. Um Eyes and, Wide Shut. Mm. Yeah, hmm. How does Oh yeah, no, you're not getting out. In Eyes Wide Shut. Or maybe you are. What does she say at the end? We need to fuck. Yeah. You're maybe getting out. <laughs> maybe you are. It's a pretty good outcome it for him, but it, there in. is a lot of... He has to know that a person died to save his yeah sort of creepy curiosity. That's true. But those entanglement, like entanglements and yeah. What happens at the end of Barry Lyndon? <laughs> we need to do some Lyndon. I've still never seen it. Oh man, it's great, but I can't remember what happens at the end. I think they fucked the, at the end of that thing too. <laughs> Someone's like, "We need to fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's just something that we've forgotten as film viewers: is that like every Stanley Kubrick film just ends with someone saying, "We need to fuck," <laughs> and then it cuts to black. Full Metal Jacket ends with all the them all singing the Mickey Mouse theme song as they tramp through whoa another the... song ending that's interesting yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i remember felt, that i felt a lot of the sort of later f- dungeons of full metal jacket in this too you know like yeah the they're different they're the related shock, the shelf and the... and actually we should probably watch at some point fear and desire um i've never seen that i haven't that, either that was is that the name of it yeah getting yeah it right? i think that's His first like, movie oh earliest Mm. Yes, please. Yeah, that one's that one's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's good. Fucked up little boy, Stanley. You want to see movie magic not work on some nineteen-year-olds? Play them a scene from two (laughs) thousand one, and you get nothing. Nothing. (laughs) You get nothing. Even the hell shit. I guess that's what I played. I played. I guess you need to like work up to the hell shit. You do. About the apes. It's a whole thing. The apes and the bone and the and the spaceship. 
It was mentioned in this essay that I was teaching, so I was like, I'm sure no, nobody's watched it, so we'll just look at this scene. But I think it just like it requires more context than you think it does. I like all this. I like this sort of space, like um, airplane stuff in that. Like, yeah, <laughs> like in-flight meals en route to a. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it is very old, oh, man. Yeah, he's, it's early dungeon esque in two thousand one too. Because it's like it's like as far as you can go, and the same mm-hmm. with Interstellar. It was like this infinite trip outwards to arrive at the self, yeah. like we always talk about. Yeah, which all these things are, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, when it's, I guess it's kind of the same with Paths of Glory, where you you know it's like this in it's this what indefinite out definite outcome. I mean, you know that, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a definite arrival that you're co- that you're coming to. Yeah. And there's just kind of no way of stopping it. And I mean, it's so the situation itself in World War One is so done. I mean, like. They were saying for the, years they'd been stuck at this thing and it was. Yeah. Like, and they're like literally calling it the meat, gr- like the meat grinder. It's like putting they're just the the degree to which they had accepted the idea of just like running bodies through this problem when they talk about i'd rather be would you rather be you know cut up by yeah the bayonet or the yeah bayonet or the the machine gun what do you think can we talk about the word glory for a minute Mm -hmm. like what's your what's your relationship to that word well just you mean just just how sarcastic i guess i'm asking about you guys like yeah is it purely sarcastic i don't think so I think of glory as a. I think of glory as a kind of rescue. Mm-hmm. I think of it more like grace, mm-hmm. like yeah. the, the imminence of grace in a dungeon. You know, yeah. I think of the end of a dark song. Heroic, Ooh. heroic grace, like that kind of spiritual, like being rescued from yeah. something that is really like an abyss. So. Is anyone so so glory? If it comes up in this movie, is it just like the soldiers at the end who realize that they're human beings while they listen to that woman singing? I I don't know. I think that it's maybe just ironic, and it's like, oh, glory, you know? Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking like it's the it's the distance between what I think that might be and, and what, you're what watching. I see before me. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah makes this vast well in a similar this is a similar question maybe but you know the the priest who comes in who by the (laughs) who by the way is the guy who plays Riker and shane what yeah um but that guy you know how the priest is like brace yourself when the guy who um Okay, like the scene where the guy is trying to like fight the priest and the other guy has to knock (laughs) him out yeah yeah like he the priest says this thing. What does he? How does he put it? He's like, um, you don't harden your heart. Don't let your heart harden or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about like, what the fuck are you? Is like, what is he doing there? And what is he supposed to say to these guys? Like at one point, he's like, he's like, I'll use all my powers to like blah blah blah. And the guy's just like, powers? Like what are you talking <laughs> about? Like. What powers do you have? You don't have any powers. Like, did you feel bad for him, the priest? Yeah. No, I f- I feel angry at him too, and mm-hmm. I sort of feel like, what the fuck is he doing there, and mm-hmm. how is this supposed to help? 
It's a hard day at work, though, too. It's a hard day at work for that guy. Yeah. It, mm. It's sort of like in Amadeus or whatever, where you're just like, yeah, you know, Scooping receiving the hay. this. Yeah. I Like, I just sort of feel like it's... Is the point of this that it's sort of like, do we... Do we sympathize a lot more with sort of Kirk Douglas? Like, or where do you? I mean, I can't really relate to to him because I can't imagine like being in this position to begin with. Yeah. But like, I get it is pretty satisfying when he when he says like, I feel sorry for you because you don't know the answer to that question about like. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, where he has perspective that other people don't have. That feels like a win. Mm-hmm. Some call What's... to something. <laughs> Some call to something. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm so cynical that it's like, well, what is it? You know, it, what what did they even think that the viewer was capable of? Or, or, or uh, <sighs> yeah, but. Kirk is absolutely swinging at the fucking mm-hmm. for the fences with this thing, I, with the notions of this thing. I wonder how much the absurdity of the situation, like, you know, this is like, this is only 10 years after, basically 10, a little more than 10 years after the end of World War Two, mm-hmm. And maybe, so maybe World War One is still like a little more present. Mm-hmm. And the absurdity of it is like more available, whereas now it just feels like this old great war that people fought or something. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have the same relationship with its, yeah, with with its like with that World War One had a kind of absurd. It, all mm. war is absurd, but that one had like a particular kind of like meaningless absurdity to it. This this idea of like literally fighting over for years over a like a strip of land no one even wants mm-hmm. like um and yeah you know, i guess more hand to hand right i mean it's just like much this it's like hand to hand tactics but technology that's like outstripped those tactics and so it's just it really is like literally just like running bodies through a grinder basically the it's worst like, yeah the worst part of it is like to be at this like the intimacy of the violence of the technology too, like mm-hmm. where it doesn't like uh-huh. really protect you or make you more efficient. It just like makes things horrible in this new way. Yeah, it's, the, it's the renderer. It's the yeah, big it's, you're totally. Oh my rendered. God. It's the renderer. Yeah. This is yeah, not the way we want to go out. How, why would you want to? Yeah. What does he say? What's, what's the line I like that he says? Nothing for the garbage can, not for the garbage heap, but for. <laughs> I love when he says something about. Uh, he, he goes like, "It's for the pet is our desire. The pet. <laughs> it's, just, it's our love. It's our desire." I was gonna uh, say like, they're oh. really chilled up bad <laughs> in, world, in World War One. <laughs> they're really chilled up bad. They're chilled up bad. <laughs> Yeah, the mere fact, the mere fact of what we did bothered her mind. <laughs> There's a lot of people. That's what happens at the end minds. of Paths of Glory. It's just the mere, yeah. the mere fact of what they're doing is bothering her mind. Yeah, the mere like, fact. She's of showing the up at work. She's showing up at work in the same universe. Uh, 
true. The mere fact of what they did bothered her mind. Oh my god. It's really hard to escape that reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a lajete. Lajetang all over the place. There is that is sort of saying something though. It's like it's like the difference between it's like the fraction of a difference between being totally meaningless and being like slightly <laughs> meaningful in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Like that it that does sort of name something about like how like what sucks about thinking is like not just like the physical outcomes, but how you're just like, fuck, I'm just like my mind is bothered, you know? Like cut loose. Cut loose. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wish my mind was cut loose, honestly. Like Yeah, is it more the curse to have to be... follow the thief? Uh I'm getting lost now, but it's like is it is it more like uh ha- yeah, feel uh, almost like the the burden of having to pursue a thought, you know, that may that may yeah. be absolutely meaningless. Yeah. So you just leave it leave it all cut loose. Just leave it all. There was something where I I was trying to think about, you know, how Morris and his style are so, you know, and then Kubrick, then watching Kubrick, we were talking about the the Errol's kind of frozen frame that doesn't move Mm. or whatever. Mm. And then Kubrick is just like so, you know, graceful about how he tracks things. And but also very similarly composed, actually. It is like, but this yeah. the way the way the frame moves versus mm-hmm. it staying still, and it's so they're so utterly different, but they they're they're like part of this kind of. They're thing. getting at truth in a way where it does. It's not naturalistic. It's not like, um, I mean, I guess sometimes it is, but like the way the way faces look in this movie, it's not like. It's much more like Dreyer. It's like it really yeah. is like Passion of Joan of Arc. Yeah, yeah. Than than like so than that's how a, you would shoot dialogue if you were just was that trying like to Flemish like, painting. What is that? That exaggerated style or something? That the two dimension, oh, like the expression in these way, like adding dimension to the expression. Hmm. He, it's very painterly. Oh, how, yeah. always how Kubrick does it. That's true. His haunches. I wonder what Kubrick's haunches were like. I mean, I have. I find a thrill. I have no, some ideas. I'm not going to talk about them, but I'll have some ideas. I'll be your fill-in when you are blue, so you can fool me some more. I know you'll hike it. Someday you'll pack. Then you'll believe in my door. Oh, but I kind of like it. Taking you back so you can fool me some more. I only look for roses when in season. Ah, but you're a rose that comes and goes without a reason. I make my mind up, I'm just a fool. Someday I'll even the score. Only to wind up breaking the rule So you can fool me some more 
should we go off the menu there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Let me just make a little note to myself. Um, I want to ask you guys about a TV show I watched recently mm-hmm. called Naked Attraction. Is that what it's called? <laughs> uh, yes. Hold on. Let me just make sure I got that right. Yeah, Naked Attraction. It's a British reality TV show. Oh, have you heard yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah. Wait, yes, I what think I it? have heard. Okay, the premise of this show is like a person is it's like a dating show. Someone has to choose between six potential people to go on a date with. The way they choose, they walk out and they're presented with six like pillars behind in which a person is hidden. Um, and the, that person is revealed from the bottom up and is naked. And so like first, first you see the person's like feet, legs and genitals. Uh, and like, and you have then you you have to like eliminate someone. Oh my god! And then you see like the chest, and then you eliminate someone, and then you see the face, and you eliminate someone, and then they like talk, and you eliminate is someone. This is dungeon as it seems. Yeah, and then you have to the person who's like choosing. Once it's down to two people, has to like go get naked, and come out, and just everyone's naked, and like. It's all the host talks about everything so clinically, like, you know, they're talking about like the shape of the dicks or like, like the lips of the vagina. Like, it's like so wild, man. It's like, um, but so I watched this show the other night with some friends and it was, it's like, that's a wild experience in and of itself. But what's really, what really has me thinking about it and wanting to talk about it on the dungeon is that it's like so um it's really an intense experience it first of all there's like this gap between like it's such an idiotic reality tv show and this like thing is happening that's pretty intense and you're you're like you're flying back and forth between like judge yeah. judging yeah. these people and then totally feeling self-conscious about yeah. like what would my like shitty naked body look like on the <laughs> show? Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. um, I don't know. I it, it made me like. We, we had a conversation a while back during the whole debate. Remember, there was like the debate about people like wanting there to be less sex in movies, and like we yes. were, we were like talking about that. And I think this is like making me double down on just like I just want. Yeah, I like the idea of like more revelation like let's just like get it all out there and like yeah i don't know yeah absolutely what are your thoughts (laughs) that makes sense to me i i don't know that i'll be adding that to my life no i don't recommend the show it's not good i and i just mean like i haven't had a sexual thought since the court martial (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i thought that there like it is. that it, it 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 was really great to watch the film and realize that that was part of it like i mm-hmm. like catching up on the dungeon thread when somebody's like had a good one four hours before yeah. and then just like oh man well why does he say what is that just like a comment on how fear works I yeah. think there's a really like crazy idea about like how horny the body, works. yeah, like the 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 humors, the humor, humor, humor 
in this again, like it that guy Carrie. Is it Anthony Carrie? Tom? You're wondering about the name of the actor? Yeah, I love this guy. I'm so, and he's in the killing also. And then I also realized his that name like, is Timothy Carrie. Timothy Carrie, thank you. Fucking incredible. Timmy uh, Timmy Timothy Agaglia Carrie. <laughs> like very John Lurie. Yeah. Uh, wow, what a career. Yeah, huge career. He was in a, a few Cassavetti's movies. He was in the Brando movie, One-Eyed Jacks. Cool. Gravitas of these things. Personified, yeah. Huh. He, whoa, Francis Ford Coppola was eager to cast Carrie as Luca Brazzi in The Godfather, but Carrie turned down the part so he could film a television pilot called <laughs> Tweets Ladies of Pasadena, which was never sold for broad or broadcast. Whoa. Tweets Ladies of Pasadena. That's the, a good... the proposed TV show starred Carrie as a character named Twig. Tweet Twig, <laughs> who could bring animals back from the dead. <laughs> Dude, I I know we're laughing, but that show sounds so good. It sounds so good. I know. It sounds better than The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely better than The Godfather. <laughs> like, if I had a chance to remove something from human memory and put something else in, I might make this switch, depending on the, on what's going on. This is his airbud. <laughs> Tweets, ladies of Pasadena. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. Mm. Man, that's great. Well, anything else you want to cover before we go? <laughs> that was so good. Uh, I... I really like it was interesting to experience this movie in the safe way. Like <laughs> like and, in a safe way or in the in safe the way. way. <laughs> um I wouldn't say well I I was pretty safe, but okay. I, it was in the it was in the um Colfax safe way. Um in the no, Ralph. Oh no, it's not in the Ralph. Sixth Avenue. It's Sixth. actually it's, yeah, it's actually right right by like Fa and Six where I where I, I go and Fa. Um, get Fa. But yeah, that that was I don't know, man. It was it was interesting and I got into it on the walk home, like again, like I stopped and watched a bunch of it, you know? And mm-hmm. like so it was it was just really interesting to like like not not generally a phone movie, I don't think you know, but it, it right, like right, right. it was interesting to just like zero in on on the emotions and stuff because I think that so much of it is like like I feel like the voice just the the way that things were read is like pretty like you feel the exaggeration more, you know, mm-hmm. like you like you can be like okay, I can tell this guy's like full of shit this guy's more full of shit and this other person is is sort of just fucked you know yeah 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 (laughs) and so you just get like gradations of being fucked and full of shit like on to and from the safe way and so it's it's like a pretty good (laughs) it's a pretty good holistic worldview in a lot of ways but i don't know it's pretty dunge like i really kind of like I, I was not psychologically prepared for this one. Mm. Like I was just like, 
not my week for this one, but it was mm-hmm. really good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad. It's like the day before. It's of. definitely the day before. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Whisper the wind, rainbow light, soaring like an eagle's flight, beckoning on the call of their song to touch the wind and chase the rain. Today, with nature playing, golden sunlight warms the family, inviting meadows, offer all the many blessings of today. Greener than green, bluer than blue. Colors of the world so new A family's eyes fill with surprise To touch the wind and chase the rain today This is their land, all that's in view Living in a world so new They learn that love can rise up above To touch the wind and chase the rain today